is another episode of 314 Punk. Thank you so much for tuning in. I very much appreciate you guys. Uh, yeah, so this episode is with Bo Diamond. I've got Ryan and Bo from their band, and I got to see them play at the Heavy Anchor, and they were awesome. Um, if you get a chance to go see Bo Diamond, I would definitely uh, put them on your radar, mark your calendar, go see them play. Um, they are great, so uh, definitely check them out. Uh, th- this episode goes a little long, um, I'm not going to lie. We got into some deep stuff about, um, you know, about their band, but also something that I'm really passionate about, which is like marketing and promoting your band. And, you know, that's a big reason why I started 314 Punk is I wanted to help other bands. Um, you know, I wanted to help promote other bands and stuff that are like, you know, in the scene and stuff. So um, anyway, uh we have some shows coming up uh, through 314 Punk that we have booked, and uh, we have October 11th, we have uh, Margins from Texas coming in. They are an uh, awesome emo band, and uh, we have some young up-and-coming bands that are going to be supporting them. Uh, Buy Her Candy is one of them, and then uh, Violet Faye, a singer-songwriter, is also going to be opening that show. So... And then on October 13th, the same week at the Heavy Anchor, we have an awesome punk band from Sacramento coming through called Lightweight. And uh, they're going to be supported by Biff Gnarly and the Reptilians, uh, who are actually mentioned in this episode. If you haven't heard of them, they are amazing. And then we also have uh, Amy Elizabeth Quinn, who's going to be opening that show. And uh, she has some really, really good songs. Um, I'm stoked to see her play. I've been listening to one of her songs, The Apartment Song, on Spotify quite a few, quite a bit uh, recently. So, And then we have a, a show at the Record Space with Thank You, I'm Sorry, Young Animals, Wise Disguise, and Candy Lion on October 22nd. So be on the lookout for that uh, as well. Those are some shows to put on your calendar. And uh, we also have Punk's Giving coming up. So that's going to be on November 23rd. It's the night before Thanksgiving. Uh, that's a big going out night. It's a big uh, drinking night for some of you. Uh, so definitely come out to that. It's going to be at Off-Broadway, and it's a benefit for Operation Food Search. So we have T-shirts that are available for pre-order. If you go to uh, 314punk.bigcartel.com, uh, that half the profits of those are going to be donated to Operation Food Search. And then we're also going to be doing a canned food drive as well. So please order a T-shirt, get your tickets, Come to the show. Um, that's going to be Number One Sons, The Chandelier Swing, Modern Angst, and Yours Truly, Wes Hoffman and Friends. And that's going to be our last show of the year. Um, we will probably not play until like February or March of next year. So uh, please come out and see us play. It's All of those bands are incredible. I'm super stoked. It's going to be a really, really fun night. Um, all those bands are high energy and a lot of fun to see. So... Uh, that's November 23rd, Punk's Giving at Off-Broadway. So thank you guys so much. We look forward to seeing you and enjoy this episode with Ryan and Bo Diamond. So, uh, okay, I have to preface this for everyone listening before we jump in by saying that I interviewed Bo uh, I think it was like back in May. Yeah. And uh, I was 
editing it late at night one night, and I and something happened with my computer. I had to like start it over, like shut it down, hard reset, and when I opened it back up, a bunch of the audio was gone. So this is like a redo. We we like so we basically we did a podcast, but it was basically like. We just hung out and talked to each other for like an hour. So yes, exactly. <laughs> so it's, it's, it was a fun time, and that was after we had already talked for an hour, and then it's like, oh shit, we should probably record this. This is good. <laughs> yeah. And then like, well, now I've seen you guys play. Um, yeah. I saw you guys at the Heavy Anchor, which was awesome. Um, Thank you. And so now I have a little bit more. I mean, I had heard your music on Spotify and all that, um, uh, but I actually have seen you guys now and kind of know like what you guys do and I would never you, you guys have an amazing energy um, there was my friend um, Diane I don't know if you guys know Diane, Diane and Ruff? Jen Ruff yeah yes. so, so they were at that show at the Heavy yeah. Anchor and I love Diane uh, she <laughs> slipped at our Blueberry Hill show shout out to Diane and Jen Ruff but uh, I was hammered at Blueberry Hill and I was getting yelled at for walking through without a shirt on because oh. I'm having a good time I'm in that like post-show haze. You said and you told I get, them you were the talent, right? I, like, uh, uh, I didn't uh, use that word. <laughs> <laughs> you know who I am? I'm like, oh, I I'm just Bo played Dodge, a show. I'm Joe I'm like, Edward's I, grandson. I just played a show downstairs, and, they're like, and they like you up here all this way? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, well, go put a shirt on. <laughs> Before in, you order food. In that exchange, which, by the way, the wait staff at Blueberry is stellar. They were just doing their jobs. But, like, in that exchange, apparently Diane slipped a devil ducky into my pocket, and it's now <laughs> on my dashboard in the Oh, car. that's cute. That's and awesome. And her wife, Jen, who is also a sweetheart, is our, like, unofficial photographer. Yeah, she's well. awesome. Yeah. Yeah, she's awesome. She's shot a couple shows that I've played, too, and, and does a great job. And uh, Yeah, Diane, I, I love seeing Diane around, too. She's She's awesome. Like yeah, they they well I saw them at the show and I was like, hey, what's up? How are you guys? I was just kind of like chatting, you know. I'm I'm like a social butterfly at those things and like uh, she was like, oh, well, we're here to see Bo Diamond. I'm like, oh yeah, well I know them, like you know. And she was like, oh, and she was like, have you seen them before? I'm like, no. And she's like, get ready. <laughs> so you guys, but you guys have kind of this whole uh, vibe of like. You have good energy. You have really good crowd interaction, which I feel like a lot of bands, um, you know, like that's something that not every band has. You know, yeah. you got. Uh, I'll, let me put it this way: I think a lot of bands have good crowd interaction. You guys had like a connection with the crowd, and that, sure. it, like, just even going into, you know, I was kind of in and out of the, the the music side, but going in there, I could even just feel like, okay, there's like there's a connection. You can tell when that's happening and when that's not. It's yep. like it's kind of a spiritual thing if you are an intuitive thing. Well, so how did you guys kind of get to that point where you part of that energy? I Ryan is honestly our whole group. So like everyone except Mark is industry. It's like I used to visit Ryan. He used to work like TGI Fridays, you know. Okay. And now he's at Ferrados. <laughs> like, was it he's Jack? an exceptional bartender. I was, I was the the Tom Cruise and cocktail of. Uh, you know, <laughs> the, the flair and the. I <laughs> were there forever. Yeah, the, uh, you know, the one in South County. It was, it was by Ronnie's. Yeah. yeah oh, dude, yeah. I've totally <laughs> been to that <laughs> one before. It. Uh, That's how I met James as well. Yeah, he. Uh, so James, I knew James a long time. Uh, he worked at Ronnie's as a bartender, <laughs> and the Fridays was like the industry bar, and the, so like, I didn't give a, a shit. I worked at a 
TGI Fridays. Like, I thought it was kind of cool. Like, some people would, like, kind of shit on that, you know? But, like, I'm like, oh, this is cool. It's pretty kitschy, you know, whatever. And then I got to know him. And we, for a long time, we'd get drunk. And we were, like, at the bartender's ball right before COVID. And we're, like, drunk. We're, like... We should do music together. We should do... Because <laughs> most bands form. And then the <laughs> pandemic hits. And I'm like, hey, I remember being drunk and talking to this James dude I kind of know about doing music. And then we've always been talking about... get a. He used to play guitar. Um, and by play guitar, I mean he would be on stage with a guitar. And it would be out of tune. And it was like... It was rough. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> I, play, I play guitar like David Bowie, where it's like people were okay, believed just, when he put it down. It's, yeah, he's just, he's God just bless like, him. like a caveman, you like, know, like banging on rocks. Like, but uh, I it, should say coked out David Bowie. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't even do coke, so he was like, he's just bad at guitar. <laughs> hey, hey, there's some of the old David Bowie, David Bowie stuff has some good riffs, like Rebel Rebel. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. for sure. I don't well, know if he wrote to, that, but it's a good riff. In my defense, I'm good at coming up with riffs. It's the overall execution that's lacking. It's like like 21 or bust. Go listen to it on Spotify. Get those get those listeners up. But uh, <laughs> I've had that like I had that since like 2015. I was at a Dusty Parasitos concert. Um, is that Jack was, White's thing? That is Connor Obers. Oh, Connor Obers thing. And okay. I was super inspired by that and started like. <laughs> coming up with some like post-punk riffs and I liked it but I didn't know where to go with it so it sat on the shelf for like six years we were like hanging out one day and uh, we were listening to some random Spotify playlist and it was like kind of surf rocky music and all of a sudden the song Uma Thurman by Fall Out Boy came up on it Okay. and I'm like I old school Fall Out Boy like super cool like but I was definitely middle school high school like that was such a big deal for me that album comes out and I just I'm not a huge fan of that album um, and that riff, it's like a sample, and I don't remember what it was a sample of. What's the name of the album that it's on, or what's the cover? It's like their newest one. It's okay. the, it's that. And I was like, oh, oh. I could do a cooler surf riff than that. I don't know if I did, but I, that was the effort. And he'd been playing this for a long time. And I'm like, well, let's just make it a surf rock, like post-punk surf rock song, whatever. And uh, that's kind of how it started, and it just kind of... Uh, took a life of its own, you know? And I, I just, I, I send CJ, our drummer, like... Um, three samples of like uh, like Walk Don't Run by the Ventures, and then uh, that thing you do, but from the the movie. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I was like, that great tune. That, the it was like, yeah. And I'm like, I want I want this, but I want to give it a little bit more edge. And it just, I mean, we wrote that song in blossomed weeks. I mean, like it was. Some things take, you know, a couple months, or you have to like stop and you have to come back to it because you're just not happy with it. We went in. We recorded that. We were already we had a session. We recorded with uh, Ryan Wasaba over at uh, Bird Cloud over in mm-hmm. Illinois, and we were already gonna record two songs. And we were like, "No, we're gonna do this too." And that ended up being the first one we released because it was just like perfect. It was summertime, and it was our first song to ever hit a thousand listens. It's out eleven thousand. Nice. So it's like really <laughs> sick. And the and you know like actually got on some like minor radio stations and like sure. on some playlists on Spotify and uh, you know that stuff's fizzled out but like the that that was just like an afterthought we we fucked around with that riff for a while you know he was just yeah. like and he would play it and he would play it and I'd be like oh yeah <laughs> and, and then like one day I was like okay I know what to do with it and cause uh, Bo's just packed full of these ideas and they just come out and, and like he'll give you a hundred ideas and then they're just they'll be like three of them that are brilliant mm-hmm. and then I'm like I know where to go with this 
Yeah. And that's how it worked. And it, it went it went really well. I, I still that's like my favorite song that I've ever been a part of writing. That's awesome. It's how we end our set. Like it's just such a cool song to me. And I still kind of don't cool. understand how it happened because it just it really was like you know in like those biopics of like like the Queen biopic where they're like. You know, they're writing We Will Rock You. Like, that's how yeah, it felt. Like, it was like, yeah. and then James is like, what if I did the do 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 And then and was like, yeah, no, I'll sing like this. And then, like, very organic. It felt it like we were in one of those stupid Oscar bait movies. Like, being like, yeah, we're writing this this new hit. And uh, and it, it came together, like, in a couple weeks. Yeah. I think, I think uh, what you said about how it takes time, like, I think. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes inspiration strikes, and you you write a song in ten minutes, and all the lyrics and the, and everything kind of comes to you, and, and it happens like you catch lightning in a bottle, and it just kind of happens. But I'm totally with you on like songs. I like to take time with my songs too. Like sometimes I have, oh, this is a great intro riff, or this would be a great chord progression for a chorus, or this is a great melody, uh, you know. But I don't really know what how to morph this into a full fl- flush this out, flesh it out. It's, I hate you that term. Like flesh it out into like a full song. That's, that's my entire musical journey. It was like, <laughs> I was like, and and honestly, like a couple of the bands that. Or like the the one band that really was like made me feel better about it because I used to like if I sat on something too long it was like then obviously it's not worth using because it's not inspiring that like that oomph like right away it's like oh this is cool it's like but Modest Mouse was one of those bands where it's okay. like they they would play stuff years before it was ever recorded and it's like and that's how we've been I mean like. Like the song uh, "Coffee Thoughts" off our album "Analog Soul in a Digital Age," I wrote that in 2014, and that wasn't released until 2018. I guess, when, and we played it for years. Like, and it went through a couple changes, but it pretty much was the same song. But it was just one of those like, until like some songs we do like that, and then other songs like um, "Goblin Night," which has not been released yet. Uh, goblin leg, goblin, goblin night. night. Oh, goblin night. It's, okay, it's a, it's 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 just a song I about that's like going to be the title. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's it's more appropriate than the other title we thought of. Uh, <laughs> um, but with with that song, that was one of those like we were. It was just like a sound check. Like they were tuning, and someone started playing something, and it sounded, and it was just like keep going, and then I just like improvised and it was it was fine and it's like and it's definitely not our deepest song but like sometimes like you said sometimes it's lightning in a bottle where it's like oh we're like we just wrote a song and then other times it was literally shelved for five years and not actively working on it but like well uh pipe bomb which is another song that we've we play live but we haven't finished recording yet but like we're bad about that um <laughs> we, and that that goes back into like shelf you want to flush things out as far as the recording process. I'm fine with playing stuff live, but I'm not trying to like rush to record, like release something. Pipe Bomb was a riff that I remember we played a a very early rendition of that song at Fubar. Okay. Like we used in to like play in a band, and we were one of the early pre Bo Diamond. It was called yes. uh, Space Wolf Infinity. 
I think, was, I think I remember that. It was we, like a lot of my Judy shows back 2013, then. 2013. Yeah, like, yeah. That, that's but that, that riff happened. was like a, it. It really inspired like mindless self indulgence and like, and it fit nothing like what we were playing with that band. But I, I, we shelved it. And I've always had this in the back of my head. I'm like, God, I didn't know how to write the song back then because I was kind of I was a stupid teenager. I was a dipshit. So like, it I also learned, I learned how to offense, write music that was a little bit the better. First that was the first song he had ever tried to write on its own. So, I mean, like, because yeah. everything else up until then was, like, unofficial Bo Diamond. Like, I had wrote everything, and it was full band. That was the first riff he came up with, and it was really cool. It's got this good, like, mid-ground of, like, hardcore, but also indie. It's got the dance punk kind of yeah. like, theme to it, that. you know? And, uh, and then we came back to it... Uh, you know, after we got these other songs, like 21 or Bus kind of started fizzling out as far as, like, you know, not being... It wasn't carrying us anymore to where we wanted to be. So I'm like, well, what are we going to do? We need to do some, like, three more songs, probably release three more singles. We try to do the single approach, you know, the single, single. Approach. Oh, yeah, I do. Um, and... Uh, you going to do a full album, though, eventually, or...? I mean, I guess we could... Definitely. I mean, with the way Spotify works, uh, yeah. and, like, we use CD Baby, it's like, you can just take all those and you just... Put them yeah. together eventually when you have like nine or ten songs and just be like, this one album, put like what years they were written or whatever. Um, but then, then I just like, I kind of like sat down with our other guitar player, James, and was like, I think this is what I want with it. And then we kind of just mapped the whole thing out. And then I was like, this is what I want vocally. And then him and I can work on the vocals and kind of get this idea. So it now that we know how to write more collectively, I think it changed everything. Because it used to really be like he wrote a song, and then and then he would finish it, and then I would just play guitar on it. I was less involved, and maybe because I wasn't like, I I didn't have like that confidence of like I can write stuff. It's like no, I'm just gonna do my little version of this guitar riff and and see where it goes. So that's where we've changed. I think that's where like everything you know, adding James during the pandemic helped a lot he plays guitar as well he plays guitar okay. synth uh dude with the long hair who everybody is in love with yeah he is the sexiest member of the band um, gay straight everybody loves him um, and uh he's he's the most kissable member of the band oh. yes he is also the least interested in, in kissing <laughs> um, ryan and i are in... whores <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but he uh yeah no it just but also, like, it was just another voice because uh, as I became more interested and, in, like, I, I got interested in booking and getting us out on the road and, and, you know, that was where we worked right before the pandemic. I just wanted to write newer things. He wanted to expand because I think if you listen, like, if you go to Bandcamp, because none of this old stuff's on Spotify, but the Bandcamp, like, when it was just him, it is very, like, folky kind of folk punk type artists and you know, there very much was a plateau. And then I came in and I started doing my additions to it and it was still, it kind of plateaued. It wasn't really where we wanted it to be. Like we weren't like breaking any barriers or feeling like we're doing anything different. And we did the Out of Context, which is our EP um, with like cellophane dreams on it. And it was like super different. And then for lack of like anything else you want to say about it, like it's completely different than anything we were doing before. Had some really new wave, dark wave inspirations. We were just like, you know, we're gonna go, we're gonna embrace the punk because it was, we're not pretty enough 
to be indie rock. Um, we aren't really fascinated with indie rock. Like Modest Mouse would be like the most like poppy thing that we collectively listen to. Yeah. We're like I, we're trying to like be prettier, and I think you know go back to Ryan Waspa who's produced like everything we've done since 2018. Like he had a big you know he's like you're not pretty like Bo's voice is not pretty. My guitar style is not pretty. It's it's uh, the tone's good, and I have a lot of like cool sounds coming. But I, I want it to be heavy. I want it to be gritty. I want there to be like some sloppiness to it. Yeah, and just embracing that. So then we start embracing that. You embrace that with your live performance. Like we're not trying to be these like uptight like performers. We're just being like we're kind of being kids again on stage. Yeah, and then I just I don't know that that clicked. James was like the the difference. You, know, you have a whole pandemic. We're not playing shows for what, eighteen months. Um, and James I think most was of like the, time, the dividing voice. That's yeah. like how I describe well, it. It's we were, like, we because were, we were a four member thing. So you get that fifth voice in there, and then it causes that shift. And I also don't want to keep blabbing because I know we've just been bouncing off. Oh, no, you're good. Like, I'm just letting you guys do your thing. No, you seriously, <laughs> you're, you're the best. It's like one of the few local podcasts I listen to. I listen to you guys, and I listen to comedy podcasts. That's pretty much it. But, like, to kind of bounce off of what he was saying. <laughs> this, is, this is not a comedy podcast. Yeah, I can be funnier. <laughs> do I need to be funnier? <laughs> Um, both say joke. It's <laughs> canceled. No, <laughs> no, um, no. So, so like with right, what Ryan is talking about, that's something I've been thinking a lot. So I, I have to give a little uh, plug here. I'm doing the first solo show I've done since pre-COVID Friday at Sinkhole, uh, September 30th. Okay. Because um, my friends and Giants Knife reformed. And it was a very flattering thing. I'm gonna brag on us just a little bit, but it it could have been anyone. But it was just cool that it was us. They came to a show that we were playing at uh, Off Broadway, and they kind of teased me because they're like, "Hey, we'll come if you play Whiskey," which is a song that like I released back in 2015. One of the Bandcamp. Yeah, yeah. Bandcamp song off an album called Keepin' Busy, and. Uh, He's like, I'll come if you play that song. I'm like, we will never play that song again. But if you come, I will buy you a shot of whiskey. That's not a bad song. It's just totally different. It's very like Bob Dylan meets Andrew Jackson Giad kind of thing. And um, so they came and like they saw like the current set. So flash forward, like the show, the last show they ever played with their old lineup was in 2016. And um, they broke up, and so they haven't heard us since then, other than, like, recordings we put out. And they saw our performance, and he's like, I'm going to get the band back together. I'm like, yeah, that's cool, man. Like, you should do that. And you think it's people just talking shit. And sure, it's like, sure. He did, he did that. Like, he got the band back together <laughs> with some additional members who were from other projects that I used to play with. So I'm like, I love this. Like, you guys fit together like, like a glove kind of thing. And, uh, but so they are playing a show at Sinkhole, so I'm opening up for that acoustic, and I'm going to be playing some modern stuff, some stuff from earlier albums, and a couple covers mixed in. But, uh, no, it is, it's, it's one of those things, I like those albums, or I should say, I like the songs on those albums, but the problem with the recordings of them were trying to sound too pop 
like I was trying to sell them or something. It's like that's not who we are. Which that's we weren't even putting it. ourselves out. Like, which is the crazy thing. Like yeah, we put ourselves out there now, like trying to sell ourselves. I should say Ryan out, puts like, us out there now. Like it's like, one of those he hustles when it comes to like we weren't putting anything out. No, I mean it was, I tried. I hate it. social media, so it's like a constant <laughs> balance of. It but was Ryan literally Ryan right before actually. the pandemic when we. I think things kind of switch, and we're like, oh, you're not, you can't just keep playing, you know, like the tap room. Right. And right. then, like, I don't like, I don't know if we have this idea, like, there's going to be that, the big, uh, the big smoking cigar, like, record executive oh. in the corner that's like, these kids got it. Uh, you know, like, I don't know why <laughs> I thought, like, that's here. how it was going to go, because I knew better. Sure. But I think there was, like, this fear of actually getting out there, probably because at the time, I don't think what we had would have been good enough to even get anything prolific like, yeah we're playing you know we played blueberry hill twice last year got pretty much our own show like allowed me to do you know shout out to sammy over at blueberry hill who like was like hey i like you you know a lot of people around here do your best and those shows were killer and they they gave us their full support and uh i think that's because of how we've figured out how to market ourselves yeah but it's genuine you know, oh, absolutely. Yeah, so, I definitely feel that with you guys. Ryan is very... wasn't even very genuine, I don't think. Like, I don't think it was genuine in the lyrics and, like, what he was... But it wasn't really a good representation of who we were as individuals. Like, our, our style of marketing, the best way I can describe it, Ryan is, like, the very professional level of, like, he's good with social media. Same with James. Like, they're very involved with that. I am not. I'm the person that like sits on a bar stool, <laughs> and people are like, "Oh, what do you do?" I'm like, "Well, I manage a restaurant, but also like I play in a band." And they're like, "Oh, wow, what's that?" And then like give them the information. Like I am a person to person promoter kind of thing. Yeah, it's like which unfortunately that's a dying field. But, well, that's good uh, though. Like, like yeah, bad about it. But like, but doing that really cross weird, promotion, yeah. like you're very good in the digital world. And like answering emails, like I have ten thousand unread emails in my account. I'm, See, I'm that, that person that makes people email away, get a new one. My girlfriend like, is that way, and I'm like, man, I, I uh, have like two, and and I'm like, and they're they're like about a website that I'm that I, I'm I know what they are, you know what yeah. I mean? So, I'm, uh, but n no, I, I think I think what what you a, a few things that you guys kind of mentioned that I wanted to touch on a little bit is like. Um, a, I think I think we there. I was just thinking about Schlafly Taproom the other day, and mm -hmm. I was like, there, we need to do some more punk shows there because I remember mm -hmm. like there used to be more. I used to hear about more stuff happening there. It used to be staff. I haven't real. heard yeah. much, uh, and I went to some shows there. I haven't heard much lately, and I always, I mean, it's a pretty big room. Like you know, yeah. it, it's a pretty, de it's a cool place to see a show. There's a good parking. It's, I didn't know they were doing shows until, which I feel like a, a pretty good idea of what's going on everywhere. Um, I try to be active and, and involved. Like I didn't know they were doing shows, and then like uh, a f like a friend of mine, uh, a band Reptalians, out of uh, Portland. Oh, no, okay. not, not yeah. okay. Reptalians. Like they're okay. yeah, but they're like they're like shoegazy, like more poppy. But like I've gotten to know them through TikTok and through the band, and then I came and saw them. They were at Off Broadway one time, and then I got to know them, hung out with them that night, and then we stayed in touch. They were like, "Hey, we're playing at the the tap room." I'm like, "Huh." Because I'd reached out to anyone that I knew through Schlafly, and they're like, yeah, we're not really booking shows there. And all of a sudden, just yeah, out of so nowhere. Weird. And it was really weird because I hadn't seen anything promoted. Um, and you used to see stuff all the time on Facebook. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we played, I mean, we got to a point where we were playing almost like one every once every two months there. Um, because, you know, like at that level, like 
they paid. And yeah. it was like, yeah. I mean, we were just like, hey, we could use this money to like record and stuff. Sure. And we're like, you know, not, we didn't have the best jobs back then. And, you know, like, especially when we were like in our early 20s. So it was nice to get some money for what you were doing. And, and they were always pretty good shows. Yeah. Sometimes there'd still be like a, they had like a catered event there. And there'd be like a bunch of like really old people who just had a retirement party. And they'd <laughs> stick around and they'd be like, what the hell is this shit? <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. But they would stay like out the of cool The cool thing about that too was <laughs> it was a, a pretty central location. Like, yeah. It went from, we would basically bully coworkers and people sure we were dating we into coming to shows kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, it's like, but it kind of like turning point. I actually remember the exact show. So Ryan Wasva put in a good word and he was like, hey, like you should play this show. And it was like January of, I guess, 2019 or so. And um, it was our first show. I with feel like that Cicer, was right. Yes, I was gonna say yeah. that was our first show with them. One and of like, like eighteen. <laughs> yeah, like so many. they're gonna be on the the show soon because they just dropped a new excellent. album. They're, they're, so, and it's really good. Our actually, funny enough, our buddy JT, who does our music videos, um, who's done a couple of our music videos, did their new music video. Okay. And so, and they met him through us. Nice. And yeah, we've played the off Broadway show you saw earlier with Sister. Like nice. We, um, it, it's one of those same with like uh, Andy Conan and by default Fightback Mountain yeah. and it's like back in the day with Andy Conan like <laughs> hell yes. yeah I'm wearing a Fightback Mountain shirt yes <laughs> they practice just down the hall I, so. I love that Adrian, Adrian's a, a good friend of mine He's a and, cool and too. Andy too they're, they're, the, oh, yeah. they're really the two that I know the Andy most Andy is one of those people like I've been playing with since I guess 2014, like, because like we were both kind of like, stuff, yeah, exactly, like, that and, like, uh, Kismet, like, it was the same kind of thing where, like, we we never meant to play together, not because, like, we didn't like each other, it, it was just accidentally, and same with, like, being associated with, like, Joe Bryan and I'm Fine yeah. Thanks Records, like, yeah, that Joe. kind of thing, um, we wound up playing shows together, and then you kind of become like almost like veterans in a way where it's like i don't know it's kind of cool and same with sister it's like we went from like oh yeah they're cool like okay and then you like on to the next thing and it's like oh shit it's like well now we're like we're we're homies like and you grow together i think that's (laughs) the really cool thing about uh well fight back mountain too because they played our ep release show we had an EP release show. In full around. Stranger Things garb, by yeah, the way. Yeah, so it was like a Halloween EP release show. It was right before the pandemic. October you know? so 24th It was a really cool, one of the last shows at the old Ready Room. Because um, it ends up shutting down because of the pandemic. And we played that with them in a band out of Chicago called uh, Footlight District. It's like oh, touring okay. Europe right now. So they've outgrown us. Uh, but, <laughs> but no, it's like, it's seeing these bands and we've kind of all grown together. And we've become like, and I don't know if it's because of the pandemic or if it's just us being around for a while but becoming veterans of the local music scene and being just more and more involved and like sisters kind of that too where like they were around but like every time we've played with them it's like man we've got more attention and they've got more attention and then by default we play shows together and we're like swapping fans and it's and it's really nice because um you have i have people that i bring you know they come to our shows all the time they're just like they're friends of ours they might also like us but like you know, it's cool that your friends come, but you're obviously one of those people you've never met before. But then you have their friends coming up and being like, holy shit, that was really good. And then our friends being like, oh, I gotta buy a shirt. And then we'll be hanging out and all our friends have sister shirts. And then yeah, I'll be out yeah. and I'll see people in Bo Diamond shirts. And I'm like, you know, and people are like, hey, you're 
<laughs> One time I was at a bar and a guy goes, "You're Bo Diamond." I'm like, "No, I'm not." You are my association. I'm, I'm with yeah. Bo. Uh, I play guitar. But like, he, he was like, "I saw you with Sister at Sinkhole. It was really cool." And I'm like, "Hell yeah, yeah." yeah. So it, you know, getting to know bands like that because I mean, Sister—they're all really incredibly cool people, and and so like, and Bruce has a really good understanding of like just being involved and getting people to shows and getting connected with you know people who Bruce is the Ryan of that band that's why he likes them it's because they are the same vibe he's gotten me connections for booking and then like by default like when they've gone to other cities I'm like hey I you know hit up this person or that person uh that I I those are the type of people in the music scene that I want to be attached to purely for the fact like you share the riches, right? I, like, yeah, you, I don't yeah. want to... I'm not going to keep this, like, secret. Like, I know this guy who owns a venue in Kansas City, and, and if you say my name, like, maybe he gets you a show. Like, I, I'm just like, mention me. And, and send me yourself. Me I believe and, yeah. in you guys. I I'm not going to do all the work for you. No. Because uh, I have people hit me up, and I feel like sometimes they're like, hey, I'm looking for a show here or there. And I'm like, I had to do the work. Mm-hmm. I had to do the work in finding that contact, yeah. so I'm not just going to give it to you, yeah. but I'll tell you, hey, hit this person up, email yeah. them, I'm not going to book the show Set it up. No, no, no. You I'm know what I mean? Like, but like, I'm like, here's a, you know, and, and Bruce has done that, we played a show with, uh, with a band called Slights, um, we're from Kansas City, and that became a really awesome connection in, in KC, because pandemic killed all our connections in Kansas City and Chicago. A lot of those bands broke up, those venues closed, whatever it might be, and uh, I found ourselves like getting back on the road was really hard, and those were really the only two cities we ever hit up. And, um, you know, Kansas City's music scene is a little rough, but like having just one person that I know through someone else who was oh, just yeah. impressed because we got to play a show together, essentially doing kind of that audition for somebody who's like, the same, yeah. uh, Steven uh, owns a mini bar and record bar out there. And we okay. played with them, and, and he was like, I want you to come out. Originally, it was going to be us going out, like, Bruce and I talked about going out together, but then it was like, you all are, Sister's the busiest band um, in St. Louis, and so, like, trying to, I was like, you all keep doing what you're doing, uh, but we're going to go out, and we did, and it was the last show on a little run we did, and it was yeah. great, and not only that, but I got the other band because I know uh, Lacey, uh, they're the lead singer of uh, Dream Girl out of Kansas City, and they're a full-time touring band, but, like, I was like, it lit them up and be like, yeah. Any bands that you know that are like maybe want to play with us would be a good fit, and they're like, "Yep, here you go." And it's like, those are the type of connections when you share like that now, share the wealth, right? Yeah. Some Absolutely. artists aren't keen on doing that. Like some of them want to like they want to like they want to like keep it. you in your place, so to speak. Because I, I think they're afraid that if you grow or other people grow, they might get left behind. They, and I'm like, they I see it as competition instead of. I think it's the other way around. Them. Like if every yeah, band is. in St. Louis just continues to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Well, right? and I'm sure like this is how it's been for Wes Hoffman's, like specifically in the pop punk scene, where like it's oddly competitive. Like a genre, like not talking shit. Like pop punk can be very cool. But it's one of those for a genre based on friendship and, you know, everyone wants to get out of their city and shit like that. A lot of people want to keep you in your place. And it's like, and that's the thing, it's like, there's a lot of bands I used to look up to, and then it's like, they would be gone in two years. And it's like, 
and whether you view it as like what do you mean like they would they would quit or they would yeah it's yeah. like either like some like one person out of six people went away to college or like well or we like, can't do it anymore. I know so a lot of members will like they'll ditch their new project because they could be like the guitarist in a bigger band like attending the claim that not even letting and this happens in punk but I don't know like it just like indie rock too like because we're kind of bleeding between the two but like you see it a little less but you do see that I've never understood that I kind of want to stick with something give it a little bit see where it goes if everyone's working hard I don't have any reason to move on to something else but I I think when we because Originally, we did play with a lot of pop punk bands, and this could be a dated outlook too, because we yeah. it was just like maybe four or five years ago. I kept seeing like people being like, oh, "You're in this band now," but I thought you were in the other band. And they're like, "Oh no, that band wasn't really going anywhere." I'm like, "They've been together for three months. Like, what do you mean they're not going anywhere?" Like, <laughs> yeah, you gotta give it time. It's like, yeah, you gotta give it time. You have to give it time, and like, we kind of came up in a weird era. I I think part of it too was the ages. Like, you know, I was. I was like a fresh 19 year old when I met Ryan at a party. So you were, were like right out of high whatever. school. Yeah, so so like maybe even I, I might have still been in high school. I think you were still in high school. Like he's a year older. But it's like so. so we got roped into that scene and it's like everyone was trying to like everyone's like we're the best of friends but also we're gonna try and like bang the other person's girlfriend or like whatever oh, it is it's like, so it got much. super toxic and it, it just it was one of those like that happened or like Ryan was saying like people kept trying to like oh this is better like like chasing the dragon so to speak they would Except like with bands, yeah the and it's like, comments of like well they're good but like I don't know they kind of just sound like this other you know like they would give you a backhanded compliment yeah. and I felt like that I don't know if that was just any genre based I think that's just what the music scene felt like 2015-2016 it's different even now. earlier like it is completely we talked I, about this at the, the Heavy like Anchor it, show a little yeah, bit I feel like things are more positive now and people are it's like trying to help each other and my my I've I've talked about this on the podcast before is like my my idea is um, how I kind of look at things with my band is like like I, I like to help other part of the whole reason why I started three one four punk is because I wanted to find a way that I could help other bands yeah. but also not always have to be like like you know when people are asking me like if I want to play a show like or if I if I want to you know a lot of times I get like hey we're playing a show do you want to play and I'll be like no because I don't want to play too much I don't want to oversaturate myself mm-hmm, no. and. I prefer to play in St. Louis a few times a year and play out of town more often, you know? That's the so, struggle that we have right now, because, <laughs> like, we are all totally different people. So, like, when it comes to... So, Ryan is great at, like, booking shows, and he loves recording. Like, not to speak for you, object if I'm wrong, but he, like, loves to record... He likes playing <laughs> shows, but like he is more like he is passionate about creating sounds with the guitar. Like that's yeah. his thing. And the overall I'm a person like I could give a shit less about recordings. It's like I just love to play shows. Like that's you what like I love to do. Part of it. Yeah. And we had a um, kind of like to talk about something somewhat serious and it's not like we are fully together. We love each other. There's no, there's nothing going on. But it's one of those like it's been a rough year for us as individuals, and we kind of made the decision collectively like, 
you know, we're, we're going to take a break from shows um, to kind of focus on, like, mental health. Sure, And that sure. it's like, you know, we have Plus breakups, living situations out. where we're not yeah. super keen on and like and also focusing on recording it's like and that's seriously like I'll be honest and this is not a <laughs> planned thing but it was one of those like it kind of felt like a breakup whenever like we showed up at Ryan's house which is also the hub like where our practice space is and it's like and Ryan and James and so many words are like we need to take a break and it's when those things, and they are fully justified and all of that. But in my brain, I'm like, motherfucker. I'm like, this is the worst thing for me. Ryan doesn't even, or, or, or not Ryan, Mark is just indifferent. CJ is like, he's, he's just, whatever's yeah, yeah, good, like, CJ is <laughs> eternally neutral on everything. But it's one of those things, it's like, as frustrating as it was to hear in that time, I think it's good because, like, we got together literally two hours before this and worked on Soviet, uh, Soviet Crown, which will be out someday. We've seen and, it's uh, our first song on our set. It's, yeah, it's one of those, like, we'll play for a long time, it'll eventually drop, but it was one of those, like, it was one of the most important to me, so it's taking the longest to put out. And, uh, but with me, it's like, as soon as it was like, okay, we're gonna take a break from playing together, and it's like, we kind of all went separate directions, like, mine mine was more like, alright, I'm gonna use this time to, like, work on new shit, so, like, I've got a black metal side project going, and simultaneously I feel inspired, and, like, the things I feel most inspired about, I'm going to put into our project, and it's like... Well, we wanted and, to get back into, because uh, we hit the road last November uh, and I didn't realize I booked I booked these three shows we go Nashville uh, Athens and New Orleans that sounds really cool I just didn't realize it because I did so far in advance it was the weekend of Thanksgiving um, oh. no one's there but Asheville's a college town well, right. Athens, yeah, like that was horrible. We played, uh, we, we got bumped from the, the bar, the venue, because they were like, wait a second. It's, then we ended up playing at a, a Mediterranean Indian fusion restaurant, and there was like only children there. It was, it was way too fancy for us. It was super like strange. a <laughs> fever dream. Yeah, it was a fever dream. It was Lynchian as hell. Um, but like it, not in a good way. <laughs> if, good if, if Lynchian um, is ever a good thing, it was not that time. Um, like not Twin Peaks. I know. I gave my first PSA where I told people, like, I I used to think I hated children. I realized I just hate bad parents. Uh, But it's like, we are Like, the kids are screaming and running around on a stage or whatever. We're not even playing on a stage. We're just... It it was weird. But I I don't want to get... Not to get sidetracked, but it was like that... um, You On part of it, you're like, well, it's still the pandemic. Um, You know, like, shit... Shit's kind of normal. But bands drop all the time. A lot of people just stop playing. We had that happen in Tulsa with uh, this last run that we did. A band got COVID, and then the booker was like, well, you can come play. And I'm like, I don't know anyone in Tulsa. 
I so need this local band to bring people. Yes. And, yes. and he was like, well, I guess I could send you gas money. And I'm like, well, I don't want to cancel oh and, and ruin this relationship. But I need you to understand that if we play there, you're going to make no money. Right. Right. We all need to cut our losses. You guys are going to go all the way out there. It was like play. a Monday, too. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. like, I, yeah. even if this place has organic business, like, sure. Sure. no, there's no way. And and the wherewithal to do that, like, I, 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 I'm glad. Because I, I think sometimes, like, I used to have this eagerness of, like, I don't care. I just want to be there and it's like mm-hmm. you know having this like it it is hard to like kind of gauge of what's good for you and your brand yeah. and whatever you're doing but like this whole year has been not only navigating what's good because there's less beneficial opportunities right now because even as we've gotten out of the pandemic and like you know there's no master vaccine mask mandates at venues like there's less bands um, maybe not in St. Louis, but other cities, there's a lot less bands. You know, like Kansas, Kansas City has City. like four yeah. bands now. So yeah. like, I I played with two of them last weekend. Yeah, like <laughs> I, I know, and like, sure. they're not, if they're not available, and, New Orleans and those music bands scene that are left not, are good. Like, yeah, one thing as frustrating as it is to kind of counteract that notion, is like it has thinned the herd, where it's like kind of the strong survive. In a way, it's which also is frustrating. Thin and the herd, as far as the herd that'll be at the show, right? And I think For sure. some like we experienced that with Memphis. Um, we played there, and it was just like essentially the bands are like, "Hey, y'all are great. I'm sorry, there's barely anyone here. It's just that there's another show." Yeah, and I'm like, "There's another like oh, there's dude. one show," and they're like, "Yeah, that's kind of how it is here. If there's a big, if there's a big local show, everyone's at that." I'm like, "Oh, I wish someone would have." I'm sure you can relate to this, but it's one of those, like, we're so spoiled. Like, I used to think it was a bad thing where I'm like, oh, there's, like, 30 shows a night in St. Louis. It also shows how eager people are to go out to shows. Yes. Well, I I feel like it's a double-edged sword because, like, Nashville's the opposite way. Like, Mm. we played at Nashville, and there was another show across the street, and then there was another show, like, a few places down. Like, there's a show... There's like ten shows, and so it thins everybody's spread so thin. Like, mm-hmm. well, I want to go to all these different shows, or like also things are, things are happening. It might not even be the same night, but people might people my age, I'm almost forty, might be like, oh well, I went to a show last night, so I'm not gonna come out again tonight. Like I, you know, so yeah. I, I I think it's a good thing that like I see a lot of shows happening in in St. Louis, but it is also kind of like. It, it makes it tough then to get people's attention because there's there's ten different shows happening and you're like, well, I want everybody to come to my show, but like, yeah. the, we're but playing tomorrow night. We're, we're opening for Wilhelm Scream tomorrow night and four oh, years strong well, playing thing. at, at getting, uh, Red Flag. Yeah, yes. you know what I mean. So it was like, like our, our first time playing Blueberry Hill was like. A lot of our friends were like, "Man, I'd come, but Park parking Court is playing the goddamn." Yeah. And oh, they're like, dude. and then we hung out with them dude. afterwards. My friend Jake, like, who's a drummer totally. for my new band, like we are that tight. He's like, "I love you, man." The parking yeah. Court. Yeah. And, and I'm like, like I understand. I almost don't want to play the show. So it's I almost there, like, like you have to. You. I, I'm gonna use rest for Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Like, like I. I almost have to I almost sometimes will look and see if there's a big show happening but but at the end of the day you can't do anything about it no you can't and uh, something that I wanted to say about you guys um, that you went back I'm going back a few steps yeah. but um, now that it's gone we the, can say that uh, he loves the rabbit hole no no, no uh, like, taking a break uh-huh. like I think that that's important like yeah. I, like 
and, and what I, going back to even further back to what I was going to say is my mentality is I want to do what I think is right for me and my band and what I want to do as an artist and what's like what's a right fit for me what yeah. aligns with what I'm doing and you know um, like a lot of times I get asked to play a show and sometimes it doesn't fit and sometimes it does yeah. and so I do it but like I try to kind of do my own thing and then let those opportunities like come to me yeah. and um, you know in, instead of kind of following what I think other people are doing and what because a, a, there might be another band out there that they like playing mm -hmm. twice a month I don't no. like not in no. the same city anyway like you know um, you know that's just not me I don't want to be that type of band that's like playing every local show if they that yeah. might be that band's goal and they they love doing it and like there's no I have no issue with that like I'll I think at least there's some know? serious burnout right oh absolutely you then you get to a point where you're like I don't want to do this anymore I can like, play one stinker <laughs> and be like because like that Nashville show or the uh, we played Nashville the night before it was a great show and but it's Nashville right yeah. and we're playing there's a band called Weekdays out of there they played with us at Heavy Anchor the week before and then we go there and now it's like a you know, three three times playing together or whatever so um, you kind of again grow together and then you yeah. put these really cool shows together try to get as many people as possible and you're just trying to grow and be competitive with the other shows that are around and then if you go to a city where they're like oh well you know the other bands are like well there's another thing so and it's like wow it makes me not want to come back I think St. Louis used to have that really bad like people oh, would be right. like you know, like, well there's happening. another thing and it was yeah. like it kind of if you're a touring band to, it's an I excuse right saying, yeah um, and I used to be guilty of that. Well, you know, we just played a show earlier this month and we had 40 people there. And it's like, well, they're not going to come back to our show. And if you're really dependent on your friends being there, like, obviously, it's yeah. going to be a, a thing that you deal with. So because your friend, I, I don't feel like my friends, again, like I'm almost 40. My friends have kids mm -hmm. and, you know, and, and jobs and other things that they're doing. And it's like, I can't ask them to come out, you know, one week and then turn around in two weeks later and at, like yeah. they're gonna say no you know what I mean no. like like it's kind of going back to that thing that I was saying about like you know they're not gonna come out one one day and then and you know people have allotted like a, a finite amount of days of going out you know yeah um, so you know, kids families stuff. yeah I mean, kids family we're, we're at like, that age now. You know, or just being tired like you know just, youngest member of our band's 26 so like <laughs> you know we're all we're all around 30 uh, yeah. I don't think anybody's past 30 yet but no. you know so we're like you know I think you gotta be smart about it because yeah. it's like it's such a consolidation of your time and like what do you do like I have we all have full time jobs and like obviously I'd love to like not work and just do this full time but like oh absolutely That's I have to almost have dream. two full time jobs I still got one okay cool <laughs> but like uh, you know I, I think that I learned a lot from the failures and going back to like the the, the bands that held success hostage right like they're like I mean the best example is like uh, I always go back to the show that was a really low point for us but it was Mad Magician oh yeah and uh, it wasn't around for long and I wonder why but like it was uh, a show where there was like some people there but it was like we played with this like dude these dudes in their like like 40s they were playing like total butt rock music like, they were like Creed and like and it was like nothing wrong I mean that but that's such a non-fit no, for us and I forgot what the other one was I, I, I almost want this I think it was like a magician I have no idea I can't remember um, but it was it was not uh, it was weird and we had some people there but it was like a Thursday night and like again we were like 20 21 we just had some people and it was really fun and at the very minimum I'm like man we're not gonna make any money on the show I don't even care like we're having a good time it's a fun show 
and literally uh, uh, not going to mention who it was, but the dude, and this person was in a bigger St. Louis band, um, turns around and be like, if you can't get a packed house on a Thursday, you might as well just give up. And it was like, that was the mentality. And it was so like piercing, because it's like, is that true? This person has success. That's, what, that's their perception. That's yeah. That's their perception. This person you has success. I mean? like, but I also almost feel like now getting to know more about this person, it's like, I think they just wanted to knock down other people because they're like, I'm successful and I made it out. Which, they're afraid of people. Which they did. And I know people who played in territory. projects with this person and like, yeah, it's just kind of how they are. And I'm like, but there were a lot of people like that. And I think they kind of weeded out. Um, shocker, that band didn't have a lot of sustained success, probably because of the mentality. But I had a lot of people like, uh, you know, like just sitting at a bar with like John Elwick from Foxing one time and just being like, hey, just take whatever opportunities and just take it with like, just be happy with whatever success. Yeah. If you oh, have absolutely. a new opportunity, like that's awesome. You know, Ryan Wasson has been a huge, you know, that's another Foxing connection. Like that, that community of artists of being like, you know, hey, hey, I've played a lot of shitty shows too, but like, just be happy with like the cool ones you've played. You could go on a, a run and, and play five or six shows, and if two of them are really killer, and you get a bunch of new followers and listeners and make forever fans, and these people walk around with your T-shirt, and you, the other shows kind of suck. Something they're that like... awesome, you know, and you should you should ride those highs. And I think that I've gotten better about that, and like we, I I think that in general like now people are more prone especially in st louis to like i'm gonna make the best out of the show and i totally see agree more that. bands that are like i just want to make this the most fun the best show we can do i want to support people who support us and i find that like we talked about a bunch of people tonight talk about fight back mountain sister and all these bands are so supportive of us and we've been as supportive as we can be of them and it creates this community of like man i wish I wish we had this five or six years ago. And it didn't feel that way. And I think maybe that's because we all grew up in a scene that felt like that. Mm. And we're like, we're not gonna we're not gonna do that. We had We're not uh, going to pass chainsaw that down boys. onto other people. You know, I, have you had Chainsaw Boys on the show? No, but I've seen them play before. They yeah, opened them for us at Blueberry Hill. And they were so great. So and good. They're, yeah. And they're kids, you yeah. know, like high schoolers. We're, uh, I think they just graduated high school. They're they're just out, and they're, they're going, going to off college. to college, yeah. which is why they're um, breaking. They up kind of broke up. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, they go on a hiatus. Yeah. They get the show <laughs> because I had seen them, and I'm like, wow, y'all are great. Um, I felt like when I was that age, I would have loved for a band like us to be like, hey, come open for us. What's the worst that happens? Oh, You're the first band. Yeah. If you blow it, and they didn't, they brought people out, and then yeah. like Blueberry Hill, like they were like, oh, take notice, it sucks that you guys are breaking up because this was really cool. You brought a lot of friends, and your friends came out. I mean, they're teenagers, and they're like, hey, I just got 10 bucks. Can I get a shirt? I'm like, fuck it. Yeah, you can have a shirt. I don't care. Yeah. And like, <laughs> um, and like, that's such a big thing for us because like, those are you're breaking that these aren't friends they're fans right that's yeah, different right. I'm not gonna hang out with these people because they're there's such an age difference like I'm not, I'm not gonna <laughs> probably real uh, real uh, brave of me to be like I'm not gonna hang out with 18 year olds uh, <laughs> but like but you know like, <laughs> well no I totally, I totally but, know what you're saying yeah and we, we've actually you know that, that's been really cool with 3 Before Punk is like like booking shows now like I've been able to put some kids that are in bands at same age, like just graduated high school, mm -hmm. put them on shows, they bring people out, 
Yeah. And they they hang around. You know, it's yeah. it, and it gives them a chance to like play with some you know some maybe more established bands as well and and you know maybe pick get, up a get few their things name too. out there yeah i was trying to be as transparent bit. about the process as i can be like hey uh you know i don't know if you do this but like you're booking a show and i'm like you know so this is kind of how i did it and this is how i put this together and like um here's my friend who uh our my friend jory makes like all our show art uh like if anybody needs some i mean they're they're really talented graphic artists very cool um and uh they do that and like I'm like hey this person does it do you want something really professional looking because that's one of those yes. things that gets people to your show absolutely a hand drawn thing like it, it looks cool sometimes it, but sometimes I like I see a show poster and I'm like what the well, you and, draw that and I'm like yeah like give somebody if it's your friend give them like There's 30 also, 40 bucks to be like hey, can you absolutely. draw something absolutely because again it's a community thing absolutely there's also new expectations nowadays it's like that shit used to fly in the 90s where it was like, oh, our friend drew this for us. That was nice of them. Like Everybody see, knows a graphic like, designer now. Yeah. Exactly. But like, they don't want to pay. Yeah. It's and, 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 like, going back to earlier in the conversation, like, you were saying that you're, you're kind of the guy in the band that, mm. like, takes that marketing, that booking, that I think every person... And some people... And, and, <laughs> and you're the type of person that's like, I hate social media. There's yeah. always, like I hear a lot of bands say that, but there has to be someone in the band, whether it's someone in the band a or a close friend evil. that's wants to be the manager or something mm -hmm. or help with that. He that doesn't want to be that he lead. Is. Because, well, because if you don't, so who cares? If you don't, <laughs> it, take it all. It's that is the way. Like yeah. you know, yeah. when I was younger, we 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 stood outside and and gave flyers to everybody. Yes. that was the way that you got the For word sure. out. Now you have to be on social media and you have to do it consistently mm -hmm. and in a it's direct crazy. way like if i go to your page and you have a show coming up this week and i don't see the show the show flyer blatantly posted yeah. mm -hmm. like then how what are you doing like i need to know like i'm yeah. i am a fan that is wanting to come to your show and i can't find oh, the information on your show on your page yeah like that is a no-brainer to me you know what i mean you gotta make it really clear to the other bands too like and i <laughs> sorry i got a little amped up no there. no, 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 no like, i but I like totally I, this is it. the stuff that i hope I'm someone hears this about, and maybe like, they struggle with this and like this is such an important like it sounds it sounds preachy and it sounds almost too optimistic to be true but i'm like I have played shows like obviously like I will and I won't even include Bluebeer Hill in this because they promote the hell out of their shows and it is a bigger venue sure. and if sure. we're headlining that like naturally funding. I think there's going to be some people sure. going hmm and let's see what's going on there but I use Heavy thing. Anchor Sinkhole as a, we had a Sinkhole show where there was a group of like 19, 20 year olds 21 they're college kids going to school in the area found us i don't know if it's because we because james and i usually put posters up like music shops and shit i have sure. a printer at home and i just print them off i don't give a shit I'll, I'll take it out of the band fund like it doesn't cost that much <laughs> yeah uh and so we do that and i think they saw one at a music shop or whatever and they were like hey we saw we came across it we looked you up on spotify we really like you and we're at the show and yeah. that's so humbling yeah but i also yeah. like it's like what? it works if it works for five people and you do the math, and you made that one poster that cost like ten cents to print off, right? But more places and getting you are gonna pay for it in the long run because if five people come to your ten dollar ticket yeah. show, that's ten dollars for or five dollars for each band. If each band gets five or ten people, uh, you know, like mm -hmm. then you've got a good show. Yeah, and absolutely. 
even, and people say, well, I, I think they're looking for like the home run, right? Like they're like looking for like the the thing that's going to get like a. They're looking house, for like, a big payout instead mm-hmm. of steady. And I'm just happy to get do, oh, do the DIY too, work a little bit. Yeah, because you can do both, right? Like I don't think I'm purely DIY or die. Oh no, I do, I do, I do yeah. both because because it's it's more than just. I mean, you have to. I feel like social media has to, for me, it has to be a consistent flow. You know, mm-hmm. like I, I've got shows that. Um, you know, I've, I've been promoting now for months. You know, we're playing yeah. in Chicago this weekend, and we've been promoting it for uh, since July. You know, mm-hmm. like, yeah. and uh, you know, I think you have to do that, but you also have to direct. You know, so I reached out to all the people in Chicago that I know and said, "Hey, directly, yeah. we're playing a show. Do yeah. you want to come? Like, I have it's tickets, that personal. You know? It's it's also like it sounds kind of shifty." But when you hit people up directly, they also feel that personal guilt if they I don't want go. You there though, it's like, like you yeah, know what I it's mean. It's like not like, not <laughs> only do do you want them, like you want everyone at your show. It's like, but when you connect with that person, they feel that like if I don't go, I'm letting this person down. Well, how are you ever and gonna? It's like that's yeah, that's a way to go. I but just like, don't think that people, and this is one thing that I think. I wish we would have known, and I think the younger bands struggle with. I think some younger bands expect, like, because you will have that one. We all played a show, I think, when we were really young that was, like, super successful, and we don't really know how we got there. We played that. You played that show in Chicago. I was on Sometimes the hiatus. It was, like, hundreds storm. of people there. Yeah. We played things we played like Barn Fest. was really cool. It's called Red Line Tap, but which is unfortunately closed now. It's, but, it's hard to... Hmm. Um, quantify like that success because you're like oh we're on this stage in front of a lot of people and we have this impression being made and and you luck into that so how do you create an environment where you're not lucking into it anymore like you've put in the actual work and you have a reputation of being someone who method to it and because the goal is for us at this point is like i want to open for uh you know uh viagra boys comes through st louis like i'd fucking love to open for them (laughs) or like idols you know and then it becomes like a, cause that's like their similar genre, you know, that punk, post-punk, and like, I think we'd be a good fit. And the right person seeing that, you know, like Pagan Productions might put on the show and go, wow, we need an opener. And then like, then we're on that short list. So we, we yeah. played with Centurettes yeah. and they, uh, um, they opened for cool. Starkiller, um, or not Starkiller, uh, not- yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was yeah, Starkiller, yeah, yeah, yeah. not Starfucker. Yeah, different star, nah, different yeah, yeah. vibe. They opened for Starkiller, <laughs> which, like, again, moderately big band, cool. but, like, that's awesome but, for them. It was such a cool opportunity, and uh, Centurettes were, like, amazing. Very cool uh, One of the best shows we've ever played. And we're playing with bands like them and Young Animals and, like, bye, bye, bye. and like I said, like, they're all putting on this effort. They deserve to open for big big bands mm-hmm. and they're opening for us or we're opening for them or we're playing like the benefit show and I'm like you gotta put yourself in that opportunity to be in those shows right yeah and it's a lot of that is the hard work which might not be the most punk thing to be like man I put a lot of hard work and elbow grease into it you know pull yourself up the bootstraps kind of thing well but that's like... also the people that that's the difference from people that think like oh it's okay to act like a slacker and mm-hmm. somehow I'm just gonna make it which is how I think we all used to be honestly. It's like, oh, we're like, oh, we're too cool for this. It's like, no, him putting in the work for shit is what paid off. It's mm-hmm. like oh, me absolutely. continuing absolutely. writing and like, you know, and I keeping I, busy. The, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but I also want to like interject. I was telling my friend Jonah, um, 
when it comes to we were kind of touching on this earlier but celebrating the little victories like mm-hmm. i used to think if a record company was like we're gonna give you a hundred thousand dollars and you're gonna put out this record i'm like okay well if i did that and if i did it and they you know socialist way I'm like we all make twenty thousand dollars a year it's like we would make less than a mcdonald's worker if we do that it's like that's if if that's your dream it's like you hear a hundred thousand it's like that's fucking nothing to do that and it's like so enjoy instead of focusing on like oh we got signed which used to be the dream because in your mind you're like oh i'm set it's like well the the, if, the if, if you're a solo artist, if you're a years. solo artist and you get a hundred thousand, like that's decent. It's like you can, you know, make a good living. For a year it's like, but yeah. when you're yeah. dividing that, it's like it's garbage. Yeah. And it's like, and so she's a she's in like kind of like a blues rock band, and uh, very talented. And and they're younger. They're in like their early twenties. And it's when those like you've got the world in the palm of your hand and like focus on like instead of paying attention to oh like this is going to make us money it's like pay attention to like did did you press vinyl is that something that was important to you that was something immensely important to me it's like we did that mm-hmm. it's like did you play a show like did you play a festival it's like everyone what you, you know we grew up with warp tour and it's like that's the dream it's like well did you play a smaller like your state's biggest festival it's like yeah we did that like cross sure, that off sure it's yeah. like did he Having play goals one of our most exciting moments i think yeah, for i don't sure. want to speak for the whole band but like not quite diy fest over in alton that was cool put on the for sure tour, you know like yeah. that was such a really awesome fun day played with sister yeah that's the other thing did you play with bands that you genuinely yeah. like not just like we are, played with before, are we going to cling to like there's a band I I used to like them but it's when those we were so different it like it was a fluke we played together but there was a band called Mariner and they were kind of in that like post hardcore not shitty like sleeping with sirens and they're like oh they were post hardcore no like they were a very cool band cool people and life just interjected so to speak it's like it was like a privilege to play with them yeah and then it's like and when i play with like andy conan's band and when i play with you know joe bryant and when giant's knife coming up it's like i genuinely like these people they're good people it's like that's a big thing too it's like, that's that's what's satisfying instead of just oh we're gonna play with like not no slight against foxing but it's like if we got a show offer with foxing we're playing with them because we want to get to the next step yeah and it's like they've outgrown when it's us like, you know it's, <laughs> it's, it's it's one of those where it's like oh we want to play with them because we want to do that it's like but we're playing this because we're we like these people yeah. and because the energy Personal is connection. good for sure for it's sure like, that's that's very important and that goes back to like a thing that i've noticed with st louis that i can't really necessarily say about other music scenes is like it's actually a lot of genuinely good people here i would agree with that um i don't i mean yeah there's still artists that get like they canceled or like do things that are like terrible and you know and then you're like mm, or even like the borderline like they didn't do anything horrible but i'm like yeah, i'm a little hesitant to play with you because you 
have these habits on social media or you say things right. as like, because I do care off. about yeah. like how we're perceived and I want us to be like, I think we're all a group positive. of genuinely positive and nice, you know, people. And again, like, because we're in the industry, like uh, a handful of us were very involved in the community in general. And like, uh, you, you want to be, not that I give that much care into how I'm perceived, but like, I don't want to be um, perceived as like a, like a diva or a, a person who like you want to be I'm a better. positive force yeah I want to be like I want to be like hey I, I'd show kindness because I think that gets that works for everybody I think that helps everybody and then we have noticed that in other scenes where people are just kind of like you know like we've played with bands who are just like I'm gonna be a piece of shit because it's cool you know like they think that's like Ego. the punk rock thing it's like I, we played a show where it was a house show. I don't want to mention the band, but they like, I don't know if they knew the, the, the person. I'm assuming they knew the person that was putting the show together, but they like, when they were loading in, they like backed their car into the front yard and like did like, like donut, like not donuts, but like they just like <laughs> left tread marks. Just and I'm like, I'm like, you know, like, and yeah. I don't know if like, because we like, because you've seen or anyone who's seen our live show, like we're 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 hectic we're li- we're very energetic and like we have that like mentality it's performative but at the same time we are very much like that we're a very hectic group we're- that's why like we always say we're goblins <laughs> like we have that behavior but i would never like do anything like i don't want to destroy other we're, property no, or, no. or fuck up a venue we're good people or... that get unhinged that's that's that, the best way to put it is back like... in the day that was punk and that was what you did and now that gets you in trouble yeah. which like, makes you that's just how it is I, like well, you know? and also ironically you not don't get even to play that get venue in trouble again. like none no. of us are like i don't know we're we're that weird middle ground where it's like i feel like we're all very negative people but we want to do good. It's like the if uh, listeners have watched The Boys or the reverse of that, we're like <laughs> negative people trying our best. Like that's kind of how we are. It's like I... we we literally were talking about so like Soviet Crown. If you've come to our shows, it's like or just stay tuned. If not, it's like but it is a super negative song. It's like but there are a couple moments in it that are comedic. Because it's like, it is so insanely negative that, like, we can't take ourselves to your place. Like, that's how we kind of approach life. Like, we are, it's like, this is what we love more than anything. But at the same time, it's like, in a lot of ways, life is shit. Like, you can be weighed down by that. You can be a negative force in the world. But just don't take that out on other people. It's like, but, but, but that's the thing. It's like, why... It's like, if you're this miserable living, why would you want to take it out on other people and make, make their life lives, worse? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, if anything, like, instead of being those people like Ryan was talking about, and like, I'm sure you've experienced where it's like, people want to like, beat you down because they're so eager to rise. Mm-hmm. It's like, Which inspired... the behavior that I'm talking about is fine when you're 22. I think when you start getting, yeah, most of the bands in St. Louis right now that are like playing big shows are probably in their mid to late 20s well this... that's just the scene right now there aren't there are younger bands but i think that's on the house show circuit for the most yeah. part are there like opening for the bands that are but like even that is healthier than but what the young bands are with. not behaving that way there's a there's a few of them that do when we were that age i always put off, i was always put off by it like bands behaving in such a destructive manner because they would like we play show food bar and they would just be like they would like break shit and i'm like we well, were always like ready bad, to you know? fight like, who cares like like, like 
they had you here. Like, you're a guest at this yeah. venue. Yeah. Who cares if the show sucks? That's, uh, that's you not know, their like, fault. What that's are you yours for not trying hard enough. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and it's I, like, just, I just, I don't know. I've always felt that with, uh, with, with, with art in general. Like, you should be, you shouldn't be that negative. And like, because it, it, again, it goes back to the burnout. Like, I'm going to get burnt out because I have to deal with this bullshit. Of like someone's oh, negativity. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, that, like, that'll definitely burn you out if, if you have a string of shows where people are acting like assholes. Like, yeah, for sure. Be like, also, like, was it Louis Schoolhouse? We had that band, and I, again, I don't. I'm not gonna name any of these bands that do these things because I don't like. That's not my job. Um, but they know who they are, and it's like you are packing up your shit. Yeah, there's only 15 people here. You're packing your shit up in front of the stage. That's even more reason to stick around. Like, why are you doing that? Uh, And then I'm not going to be... I'm I'm going to speak up and be like, hey, that was really... Like, essentially, like, you just did something... I don't know. Maybe you assume that we don't get any good shows, but, like, there was a thing that came up later down the road where a band from another city was putting a show together, and they were like, hey, uh, if you're down... And we were like, yes. Uh, It was at Off-Broadway... And they were like, "Hey, this we're talking about. We're thinking about this band." And it was Karma. that. It was that band. Karma's and I go, I, go I would tell you, this is my experience from last time. Yeah, they could be great people, but they were so that was so rude. And then the way they handled yeah. it when I when I said something to them was like, like I was an ass for being upset about it. Like it just kind of hurt my feelings because it's like, hey, I'm up here just trying to play a show. Like, yeah, you're 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 mad that you're. I know it wasn't like they were mad at us. They were mad. Because the show wasn't good. Because the show wasn't good. But that's yeah. so Why wasn't the show good? Because they didn't hustle to get people there. So you know who gets like, that that's show the instead? Sister. They put that show with us because they were Sister awesome. Sister is always there because they can fucking I can vouch for them and be like, yeah. wow, like, Sister's going to do a good job. Yeah. And like, and with a bunch of these other bands that we mentioned, like, I will, again, this goes back, I don't want to mention the bands that did negative shit because then I'm becoming negative oh. and being like calling them because they, they could have room to grow and learn their lesson. Yeah. But I will tell you all day about the bands that are that have made me feel better about the music scene or made me feel better about myself and my band. Yeah. And like they deserve that platform, right? They always will. You, uh, you'll never. There's a quote that's like, "You'll never. You'll always be the people that are doing less than you will always try to pull you down. Yeah. People that are doing more will never try to like put you in their place. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, because." Because I feel like those people are the ones that are like, oh, I've been there before. I've been at your level before. I understand what you're going through. For it's sure. the people that are like kind of nipping at your heels are the ones that want to be like, you know. For sure. Well, yeah. they're, they they're, want to hate on you a little bit up. because they want that yeah, opportunity. People do or, punch up pretty you know, bad immediately. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's one of those, let me clarify, not one of the bands you just named, but it's one of those we almost look at as like, Siblings, we love the household. So there's people like Inner City Witches. They're one of those bands where it's like they already play Blueberry Hill. They've only been a band for like a year or two. They're awesome. They're really good. But they're they know they have a right mentality of like what's professional. Yeah. They're uh, from talking to the members of that band because we played a house show with them, and it was like you are you are professional, put together. Your music's really good. (laughs) And your live performance is really good. You're doing all the things right, and you don't like. They were like, they like were acting like I'm like sitting there like it's a privilege to play with you because you're young and talented, and this is great, and this is a really good crowd. And people we that would have never met. Of the village we were like thing. so old at this like college party, but it was like fine. We just like kind of were wallflowers. I'm like, oh, 
we had some of our friends there, and then like they're like like our buddy, um, our buddy Graham Zempel, who's uh, who's oh, in yeah. Bidnarly, and uh, and you know, he's there, and he's like, I think I'm the oldest Such person sweetheart. here, and I'm like, I think you're a decade older than everyone Dude, here. You know, what? you know what, man? It was I don't wild. like being the old person. In no, that, we're just there to play a show. Like, well, we're not. I'm 39, we're not. and I'm and like oh, you no. know, I mean, I have a girlfriend, and like you know, like but. I don't want to be some old adult that's like stuffy and feels like he can't go to the house yeah. show. Like, no, but I I want to go to the I I still want to relive those moments. You know what I mean? I don't like, think we projected that. For, by the way, like for, I didn't, you know, for us, that's I hope not. We're like we're like hmm. next time you're at a house show, you call me. I'll be the oldest guy. For us, it <laughs> was just grandma. weird because like we're 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 all very like I'm emotionally the oldest in the band because I've been working the 7 to 3 shift since I was 21 so I'm like oh it's 8 o'clock like well if I want to watch a movie I need Better to go get sleep in the bathroom like, <laughs> but no it's, it, it's just one of those like that the reason that show sticks out to me and like one Inner City Witches is awesome they just released a song and I can't remember the name of it but they had one uh, about I want to say it was a tell of the Hun, or some some kind of conquer. That one was very cool. They just released another one, and that was neat. Can't remember the name of it. But what was cool about that show, and also like off-putting simultaneously, we had that moment where it was like we used to like we were always like the youngins at shows, or at least like the like right age kind of thing. This is the first one I'm like, what are all these fucking children doing here at this show? And they weren't like, that young. Are, like, are their parents sure, sure. I'm like, like are, are their parents okay? I'm like, <laughs> are you old enough to drink that? What's happening? And I'm like, oh my god. I'm like, are, we're yeah. old. And then Graham showed up and I'm like, ah, I feel a little better. But yeah. like <laughs> yeah, I, love, I love that. I, I love oh, no. when there's like such a broad age range, especially you know, you go to a place like the sinkhole and like oh, yeah. there's there's somebody's dad or uncle and oh, like for you sure. know, they've got gray well, hair. And, Steve you know. in Kansas City, he's like fifty something, right? He's been playing punk. I don't for think like, he's. I don't know if he's fifty. I don't know. I, I, he well, could be thirty or fifty. I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> he looks really good, I mean, but he's punk. So this this dude's been, <laughs> well, I don't know how old he is, but he has to be like at least forty, or it's like a criminal offense. He's been playing in punk bands for like. 30 years i mean he's and it's like he's probably never gonna hear that's awesome. I, mean, I, could, I feel I, like you know, it keeps but, me young like because yeah, yeah. when i talk when i like when we've go, gone on on little touring runs and stuff and people are like how old are you and, and i'll be like well you know guess how old do you think i am and they're like early 30s at the oldest and i'm like dude i'm gonna be 40 in like a few months and like that makes me feel good mm -hmm. like you know no. that, that that like i'm up there jumping around i, I don't know if you guys have seen us play but like we have a really energetic live show. Yeah. We jump yeah. around. We we go crazy and like you know, it's kind of what you said earlier. Like, it's like I'm be, I'm a kid again. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. And and like that's really who I am. That's like, at, cool. at, at, in the at, at the core of my heart is I'm a young pop cut punk kid still. Like you know what yeah. I mean? Like I it it's it's one of those like I like that shit because well one like being a kid regardless of shit it's like. You know, people have different upbringings and that. Sure, But sure. it's like, childhood should be the best time of your life. And this is such a fucking ugly world that it's like, that's the time you should treasure. And it's like, for some people, it's getting back to that. And for other people, it's 
getting what you deserve that you didn't get. And I Absolutely. feel like that's what it was Absolutely. with well, a lot of people. This music thing, I think, for me at least, this kind of becomes like the veil that keeps the ugliness away, right? Like, the world does kind of suck. And then you think about, like, all the really negative moments. things that are going on in this country. And, like, then you travel the country and, like, a lot of it being in the South, which is always the most, like warm welcoming place especially but for like it is how, in a way that's the other us, thing but like it, like it had been you know and it's like you you drive through rural america and you see a lot of things that are, i guess maybe discouraging right but then you get to these cities and these strangers who are like just happy to see your band yes. because they you reach out and they found your and they're just like you're great and they might be it might be 10 people in nashville that like us those 10 people make my life so much better by just being a fan of what I do because I'm not even always a fan of what I do. It's really hard. You sure, get burnt sure. out and you get discouraged. Um, and I think, too, it's something you have to fight even harder because we're no longer at that age where we're wide-eyed and bushy-tailed. You know, we, we talk like about these young the bands and I'm like, little band anymore. I like, appreciate that. We're the old people. Well, and I appreciate the professionalism like, of a younger band like that, like professionalism because yeah. they've got a good head on their shoulders. Yes. Something that we didn't really have. Um, but they also have the youthfulness of like what we're trying to achieve. But like it's, I think, I, at least for me, like it's a lot of times performative. You know, like I, I have a lot of energy as a person, but I don't, I sometimes get on that stage and I'm like, I have to fake it because I'm so tired because my life is just grueling because it's adult world. When I was 22, things didn't grow, like, and things didn't bring me down as much. So, like, I get on stage and I'm like, I could go, I could be up for three days straight. I don't give a fuck. And, like, and that's how these fans, like, when I meet these fans who also have the wherewithal to be like, yeah, but I'm going to put a really good music video out. I'm going to, we're going to do some photo ops. We're going to have some actual flyers that our friend made and we're going to pay them. And, like, like yes. that impresses me so much they're, because they're grasping the the end makes me think like it's, that knowledge that like the took us in good so hands, long. right like if we yes if we disappear exactly. if we graduate from the scene or we dissipate because we didn't get any further like i know that i'll be going to local shows 10 years 15 years from now and and seeing these bands buy a t-shirt together buy a t-shirt you know yeah and so it'll be 40 kind of coming back to but, that like <laughs> I uh, and I think we talked about this at the at the heavy anchor show, um, but that was something that I really really feel like the music scene, all the things that happened because of the pandemic, St. Louis's music scene is better than I have ever remembered it being, and I think it might be better because of the pandemic. I would agree with that. You know, I would agree with that. I think I think people are kind of like. Oh, you know, we didn't get to go to shows for a year and a half, so yeah. now I'm going to go to as many as I can, mm-hmm. and um, I definitely agree with that. A lot of bands also release new music, which it's good. Yeah, it's fucking good Dude, music. I came down here in 2020. I, I don't know if you how much you know about my story, but like, I went through a divorce. I me and my ex wife separated. Like, I got a new job. Like, I went through this huge life trans midlife crisis, if you will. I came down, I've had this room for seven years. Okay. I came down here at one point, I think for 10 days straight, every night, and wrote. Yeah. And and I got all that shit out, you know what I mean? And that's what my EP, Rewrite the Story, eventually became, yeah. was like, I'm rewriting the story of my life. And, and then I started, and, and I kind of went back, and kind of what you were saying, and I was like, I, I was like, okay, let's take a step back here. 
what do I want to do with this? Because I don't feel like a lot of bands ask themselves that question. They're no, just kind of no, no. aimlessly doing what, what they think is fun. Yeah. And if you sit down and, and I was like, okay, well, I, I think, I believe this music. I think yeah. this is good. I want to take this as far as I can take it. Whether that means like, you know, first, I, then go, going back to what Bo was talking about with having goals, like, okay, well, I want to try to get a hundred people to a show. Well, we did yeah. that. We've did, we did that. We've done that a couple times now. Like, then it's like, well, I want to play out of town. I want to go on a three-day tour. I want to yeah. play a little fest. Yeah. We're doing that this weekend. Like, you know, we're doing things now that, like, and I think just by, it's, I know that this gets a little woo-woo, but it's the law of attraction. If you know what you want, it starts becoming clear of how to get it. Mm -hmm. But if you don't know what you want, and you're just aimlessly saying yes to all these shows and do, doing all this stuff and, and you know, kind of just not, not being focused, yeah. you're going to be aimlessly out there floundering around and that's kind of where we were be before the pandemic i was just saying yes to every show the guys in my band we were saying yes to every show we were just having fun but like, you kind of glad that you know? like in a weird way and this may be something i feel i'm kind of glad it went that way because i look back at like, maybe the product that the we had the floundering or the the floundering okay. like the product the, the product that the floundering. we <laughs> the product that we had back then was like I don't know, it wasn't great, and like, yeah. the music we were doing maybe wasn't as inspired, or maybe it was like shortcuts that we were taking to be like, we were just kind of going through the motions, um, and so like, even if we were out there, I think that nobody would have been all that impressed, and the right, people that were right. out seeing us we were weren't like, either. whatever. Yeah. And our so, songs weren't even, we, were, we weren't even like, focused on writing good songs, yeah. we were just writing whatever came to our head. Even the shit that we record, I mean like... You know, God bless Wasaba for putting everything he can into the music that we've done. But like some of the shit that we did was like, that's not finished. Like we didn't finish writing that. We thought we did. We were happy with what it was. We, uh, we went into the studio and he just did what he thought we wanted because we weren't like, yeah, we want this to be like this. So he had to do his best effort as like a producer. Producing and it helped us. It got us to a, a little bit. Yeah, it got us to another level of like, wow, we've got this professional sounding music. And it got us some opportunities, but now it's like, man, we go in the studio and we're like, you know, like, motherfucker, this is what we want. And we, <laughs> during the pandemic, like, we, I got it, we had a, I have a closet or crawl space in my basement, right? Like, it's just this, like, storage room that is, like, six by 12 feet. And we gutted it and we put in a soundproof room. And today we were just recording vocals and shit in there. And just, like, that, having the space yeah. that's conducive, we don't have a to little just bit go of work goes to a, a studio. We can go and we can just keep fucking with like songs. Oh yeah, and yeah. Made it, this, uh, yeah. Made, it made the releases come out slower oh, for sure. But now we're we're like, who cares? There's no rush. Your because, songs are better. Yeah, yeah. I mean, dude, I I have hundreds of songs, like parts yeah. of songs on my Dropbox. I have like the most expensive Dropbox. Yes, because same way. Because yeah, I have gorgeous. so much shit in there. Because I just keep and like and you know, having that space where you can go and you can mm -hmm. listen to stuff back. And you can get better and, and you unbothered know. by the world okay. out there. We're gonna shut this down, okay? Because yeah, <laughs> I will literally talk to you guys forever. Because yes. I feel like we're very like on the same page with a lot of stuff. Yeah. How it's is it just at Bo Diamond on Instagram? At Bo Diamond on Instagram. Uh, check out Facebook. Please listen to Spotify, Twitter. If you're a Twitter person, although I don't know how conducive that is to music these days, but Bo Diamond, I have one. Bo I Diamond put, Band, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't do Bo too Diamond much music. on it. Spotify is like something. I don't know. It's kind of where we put because you know the, eggs the, in the world basket. we live in. Um, 
That's uh, where we Friday. make our money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Our $30 every couple weeks. But, <laughs> every, uh, but every three months they pay us, we get 40 bucks or Exactly. Shit. Yeah. So Friday, if you guys are free, I'm doing an acoustic show at Sinkhole. Um, there are a lot of great bands, but the reason I'm doing it is because Giant's Knife is back. Uh, starts at 8 o'clock. I'll be doing stuff from 2015 through 2022. Um, we're working on releasing full band stuff. Sure, we're probably going to be I've releasing got, about four or five songs in the next yeah, it's, six it's, months. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be one of those hits Dead Silent and then spit out an EP or something. Uh, I'm doing a Black Little Side Project. Like, we're very happy to be here. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Love everybody. Love you, Wes. Love you, too. Yes. I didn't mean spit it out like... Spit like yeah, say hurry spit the fuck your up words out. I know no, you can't get in, motherfucker. So you're like, gonna spit out an EP. I will. So we, I, we, I, my <laughs> dad used to always say that to me when I was a little kid. I'd be like trying to say something. He'd be like, "Spit it out." And I'd just always like. You need a cue next if we come back. That uh, when Bo's talking, you need a cattle. Just put your hand like this to remind him I, that he needs to land the plane. Thank you. On stage, I can play him off. Yes, exactly. Throw my hand. Thank you guys. <laughs>